With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick. I'm not sure where he is right now, but he's floating around in the background there. Um, if you want to know what happened yesterday in the markets, oh, there he is. He's got his hat back on. There we go. If you want to know what happened yesterday in the markets, look no further than over my shoulder. That is your chart of what happened yesterday in the markets. Not a great day as you can see by my lovely artwork. I'll be adding a new sign every day, so I'm not quite sure what I'll do for today's market, but we'll see. So anyway, uh, no shortage of news to discuss this morning. We have a potential bailout on the table in the airliners. Regeneron gave us a big update on their uh, COVID-19 vaccine program. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the automakers with our guest, Michelle Krebs at A35, and how this is all impacting the automakers and uh, what their future holds going forward. So we'll talk to her at 835. And, um, Pretty volatile overnight market. Joel, tell us what happened here in the overnight session. Uh, let's see. Well, we're in the green by three. Let's call it four because we're moving so fast here. That close was oh five and a quarter at oh nine and a quarter. We got up to twenty four oh seven. We were lock limit, but uh, boy oh boy, I did not have a chance to look at your ladder and uh, or your matrix. So, man, those limit situations, you can keep an eye on that and see how many stocks are bid or offered on that. Uh, the other day when we were lock limit down, there was like five, six, 7,000. And I was like, rut row, we are not coming off that limit. Uh, so it's fun. I mean, I don't look at uh, the depth of book very often, but no situations, it's useful to look at it. Uh, crude, crude trying here up 17 cents at 28.87. Gold in the red by eight for a uh, 10 bucks, man. The way that thing moves at 14.76. Uh, silver uh, down again. Silver's getting hit hard, down 38.6 cents at 12.42. Bitcoin back over 5,000, up $340 at 5,270. 
And uh, sitting in for Dennis is Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker? Yeah. I thought I was going with the John Candy look. Uh, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. And then for the first five minutes of the show, Dennis is going to tell us how he's going to do virtual fishing. Because he's got his fish. <laughs> you must have a really long line. I got a good one. I got a good one. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I trip. I did some fishing when I was a kid, though. Were you a fisherman when you were a kid? I, I don't do as much it. now, but. I hated it. I got a Didn't fishing. like it? I know. And I got a fishing story I can tell you about when Lisa and I went a couple years ago. But but uh, before we move on, before we get started to stop. Was it a whale of a tail? Uh. She told me, I think I'm going to get sick on this boat, and she did get sick. <laughs> <laughs> so and you're I telling did... me, if you guys come see me in my cottage, I shouldn't take Lisa boating. Uh, well, we can fish from the dock. But um, <laughs> also, I just want to say, I just want to read one comment here on the YouTube video. Uh, we're getting feedback, negative and feed, some negative, some positive, but it's America. You can say and do what yep, you want. For sure. Uh, but 13 hours ago, Tiffany W, uh, w said, Listening to Dennis Joel and Spencer has been part of my daily routine. And I thank you gentlemen so much for making a new show every day. All conversations, even the occasional jokes will always make my morning. Dennis, you are a highly intelligent individual with a kind heart. Whoa. Don't let anyone say otherwise. I feel like I have a kind heart. I don't know about the intelligence. I don't know about all the time. that. I'm yeah, not sure about the intelligence all the time. And I would, I would say, um, is your mom's name Tiffany, but I know she's been a little bit harsh on you. So it's not your mom that uh, posted that. Uh, no. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. my, my mom was, my mom, my mom was like yesterday. She listened to the, she listened to the show all the time. And she was like, you're, you're Joel. Joel's going to get mad at you. You're talking over him again. I'm like, mom, I talk over Joel every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I know. I, I need to, I, I do. And I do apologize sometimes to you for, because sometimes it gets more than others. I get wound up and I just start talking and talking and talking and rambling and rambling and rambling a little bit of Jim Cramer-itis maybe in me like that. But I do apologize. I was talking over a lot of both of you there yesterday, Spencer. But anyways, um, you know, we are passionate about what we speak about. This is another one of these days that is not really materializing that well because we rallied significantly overnight, like you said, off the hop. Got out, we were limit up for the majority of the night until 4 o'clock. What happens at 4 o'clock? SPY and the equities open. SPY actually went up as much as almost 7%. So we're locked limit up on the futures, obviously up 5% uh, percent with, the, with uh, the, the futures. But the SPY can trade freely. So we knew it traded as high as 255 on SPY, which if you show that chart after hours chart, you'll see it. Um, and then we just started leaking. And we started leaking. And we started leaking. With an hour and a half, we went red, which was unbelievable for it to leak back that much of an overnight game. So you can see the big spike and you can see the big fall. Yesterday was a similar story, which is concerning as well, because during the day we opened and then we got a nice rally. And where did we stop out at? And where did really, really pause? The same area we paused at 4 a.m., 255 to 256. So there was technically based there. Technical resistance becomes huge there. Again, in this market, just as much as for years we've been buying the dip. What I've been telling you, you, you guys and girls is that this is a sell the rip market. Yes, some dips have worked if you've timed it right, but all, all the rips that you've sold have been correct in the last month. So I think we continue to do that because of the news flow. I mean, you just look and you think about where we are. And if we're going to eventually be like Italy, and I believe we are, unfortunately, 
I think the news flow still is negative for a while. And that's why I'm still sitting on all my cash and eventually I'm going to deploy some of it. But at this time in my investment portfolio, I'm sitting with cash, still trading, I'm market neutral, I'm buying and selling stock, buying and shorting, buying and shorting, buying and shorting all the time. It's kind of interesting to short stocks with, uh, with the alternative uptick rule in place because you can't hit a bid, so you got to work it a little bit harder, but we, we're getting by. Uh, what? They, that's instituted now? Yeah. So, so what happens is, and you know, this is, you know, how uninformed the media is, you know, you've got people wanting the uptick rule back. The uptick rule is basically in being, in been in place this whole last week and a half, because when any individual stock moves more than 10%, the alternative uptick rule comes into place. And that rule is there for that day and the next day. Well, all stocks seem to be moving 10% at any given time in two days. So almost all stocks are being covered by this rule right now. So really for the last two weeks, We've almost seen all stocks, like there's a few that aren't, you know, maybe some of your, you know, less beta stocks like an AT&T might not be covered, but, you know, Apple, all the big guns are all under the alternative up to grill, it seems like every day. What that means is that you cannot hit a bid to get short. You have to get lifted on the offer. It's actually the rules more stringent than the original uptick rule. So those calling for the uptick rules and blaming the uptick rule, this fall in the uptick rule, don't have no idea what they're talking about because the uptick rule is already in place and the rule is more stringent than it originally was because under the previous rule, with that, which they abolished back in like 2006 or 2007, you could hit any bid if it was an uptick. In this case, you can't hit any bid. You have to get short on the offer. You have to be lifted. So even if the bid is an uptick, you can't hit that bid. So the rule is actually very stringent. So, and you do see lots of inefficiencies. I don't mind inefficiencies. So if they want to keep these rules in place, I'll take advantage of, the, of these inefficiencies. But those calling for an uptick rule here, you already have it. It's in place. All right. I muted myself. Can you guys hear me? We hear you, Joel. Okay. Um, now, this might not make any sense, but I'm kind of glad we're not limit up. I, I, I don't want to see us have these... You know, I really don't want to see us limit down, but for me to say I don't want to see us limit, I want to see us build a base. This market is not going to have a sustained rally until A, we build some kind of base, and B, the volatility comes down. Now, I didn't get a chat. The average daily range now is up a hundred, you know, couple hundred points. But if we can just calm down, yeah, I important. mean, not even necessarily yep. go up. Yeah, but uh, and I think today, today has the potential to be one of those grinder days. You know, can we get an inside day? Oh, if we had an inside day, I'll do a handstand on the show tomorrow. We need an inside day. I'm oh. with, I'm with Joel. We need to. Call oh, an inside day. What I oh, what I love an inside day. I uh, that would be, you know. I we could. It, we're setting up to get, I feel like we're setting up to get an inside day. We know there's major resistance up there at yesterday's high, 256.90, because we got there overnight around 4 a.m. And, and rejected very, very quickly. But we also know there's support, because if you look at this overnight range and bring it up, we got down near yesterday's low at around 5.30 this morning, and we bounced right off of it. So now you're getting some well-defined parameters, at least for you day traders out there. So hopefully, you know, the inside day that Joel is saying, I hope that can happen too. You know, I like the volatility as a trader, but as an investor, I hate this. I mean, you're watching in yesterday, you know, and, and I, I, you know, here I am. I, I've called this the whole time. You're listening to the show. I've called it the whole time. I obviously, you know, had some hedging in place, which I took off at 270s buy. So since then, my portfolio is wide open again. Again, I sold a lot of stocks. So I'm 70% cash, like I've been saying. But when the market falls 10% in a day, you get killed. and you're 
30% stock still, you just lost 3% of your net worth. That's incredible. So here I am thinking, I'm pretty good. And I look, I was like, holy cow, I lost a lot of money in my investment portfolio. This is my long-term retirement account. You hope eventually these stocks do come back. That's why I didn't liquidate everything, but wow. Um, you know, so I'm getting whacked on it too. I, de- I didn't want to go 100% cash. I said that back because what if I was wrong and the stocks kept going up? And, you know, then I'm 100% cash. I'm getting worse off than everyone. When the market's falling, then, you know, if you're sitting with a good amount of cash, you can eventually put that to work. So that's my thought process here. I'm still not deploying any of, the, any of my cash yet because the news flow still has potential to be very negative. I mean, there are still people going about their business. A lot of people. A lot of people are taking this seriously. But a lot of people, I saw, did you see the video, Spencer, yesterday, people on the beaches enjoying the surf, all crowded on, laying on the beach, getting a suntan. I don't know where that was. That was Florida or where that I, was. But I, 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 was I, here. I heard about it in Europe, actually. I, I I, it was it. in the U.S. Like I saw pictures of it. I'm not sure where those beaches are, but they're spring breakers, the YOLO people. You only live once, you know, out there just going about their business and saying, well, I can survive the flu. I'm going to go have fun. What they're not considering, though, it's very inconsiderate because some people can't survive the flu. And if you get it and you spread COVID around for two weeks, not knowing somebody older could get sick and die yeah. because you were out there having fun. That's why I feel like it's very inconsiderate now to just be running around and doing your own thing and, and ignoring what is really what is really out there right now. So, but people are doing it still. And that's why I think eventually you will get this government shutdown. I mean, now you're seeing restaurants closed, McDonald's closing, dining rooms. Eventually everything is just going to close down except pharmacies and grocery stores and hospitals. So someone in the, someone in the, someone in the YouTube chat just said he, he lives near uh, Siesta Key and it's spring break and then the beach is packed. Beach is packed. Where is that? Where is Siesta Key? What, uh, what Florida. state? Florida. That's in Florida? The beaches are it's, packed. Yeah. I mean, this is concerning people. And that's why, you know, and people don't like it when I talk negative. But I'm, I'm just trying to spread the word here that social distancing is what you can do as an individual to help this problem. It's what you can do to help your stock portfolio. If you're worried about your stocks going down, the best thing you can do is stop going around because that's going to spread, make the spread worse, and it's going to make us give us the potential to be like Italy. But if we can shut it down and we can all stay home, we can actually get on top of this and we can be in a lot better shape than Italy. The choice is still ours here right now. It is spreading out there. It is out there. But it's going to continue to spread as long as people are just going about their business and partying on the beaches and going to bars and eating at restaurants. You do your part, and that's what we're doing. I'm on day five of self-quarantine now. Um, and I'm feeling well, so I'm not sick. I don't have COVID. Um, I hope I didn't have COVID. If I did, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, at first, you know, I was quarantining for a couple of days because I wasn't feeling good. But now I'm just going to stay in self-quarantine as long as our food supply lasts. And, you know, obviously... Real quickly, real quickly, educational yep. moment here. I know a lot of people listen to us on portable devices, you know, on their phone or whatnot. Yep. And uh, an inside day is just where you don't take out the previous day's low. Previous yesterday's low uh, was um, was it way down at twenty three fifty? Holy macro! I know. Wow, I'm just losing my number. This this is absolutely crazy. Uh, no, I'm looking at the uh, yesterday what? on spy twenty three fifty, wasn't it? Two thirty seven thirty six. I don't use the E mini because again, I, I'm trading from four to four four to eight, so I don't need it. But if you're trading overnight, you do need it. So 237.36 was low on spot. 23.50, Joel, you're right. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I, 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 okay. I see what I did. 2350 was yesterday's. It's low. easy to get handleitis with this. I know. Well, you know, I just, I've, 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 whatever. I've been doing some things with my layout and I'm like, I, I'm like, what? Uh, we're not that far off the high. Yesterday's low, 2350. The current low, 237075. So there you go. So we're holding up there. We're 50, 50 points away from the low, 70% taking out that 2350. On the upside, uh, yesterday's high was way up, oh, way up there at 2650. So I think that's safe for now. So what we got to do is we just got to stay in this 2400 handle, just battle it out, you know, maybe uh, close over Thursday's close. And that was my key from yesterday, folks. And I talked to Dennis about it. And I talked to my buddy, Jim Tassoni, who's doing some great trading in this. And I said, man, the it, everything that happened, we were still above Thursday's close for a while. Now, it, it felt a lot worse than that, yeah. but really it wasn't because of the ridiculous rally that yep. we had on yep. Friday. So, so we just gave back like half of the what we gave back was the ridiculousness of that rally, which yeah. wasn't real. It was yep. there. And if you sold it, congratulations. But it was there for like 20 minutes. Even after hours, they started spanking it down. So it wasn't there for long. So from an overall market perspective, you know, we're not much, you know, the market, the market is going to bottom ahead of, of the news. The market is going to bottom ahead of it. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So here we are. Let's call it 2436, 2456. Thursday's close. Let's hold it inside day. There's a technical look for you. I mean, you just think about what stocks though. And what I want to say is, and people don't like the comparisons to the financial crisis, but some of these stocks are in a financial crisis right now. UAL and the airlines are asking for money. They were already in a financial crisis of their own. Is every company going to go in, the, in it? Absolutely not. Apple probably has enough company. If the, if the economy shut down for a year, Apple would still be fine. They have a ton of cash. Google, ton of cash. Those are stocks that are going to hold up better in this because they can handle this economic pause. That's what I've been calling it as an economic pause. Certain companies cannot. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous to, in my own mind that the airlines are already asking for money. I mean, really, their sales have been down for a month and they're still getting some revenue in. How can you know you'll be one month into this and already be out of cash and already be needing money? I mean, they're that tight. So these, and that's the way these businesses are run. They're that tight. So, I mean, that's what it is. These are not companies I want to invest in in this though. So people have been saying, well, I could buy UAL 35 because the government's going to bail them out. You know, they're going to bail them out. But the way it worked in the financial crisis, it didn't bail out the shareholders in a lot of cases. A lot of times the shareholders were left with almost nothing. It, it, it bails out the, the bondholders typically do get bailed out or the bondholders become the debt holders, like in the case of GM. So, I mean, you've got a situation where they're not out there to save shareholder dollars. They're out there to save the companies in these cases. So don't be banking that, you know, I can buy UAL safely at $35 because no matter what, it's going to get bailed out and the stock's going to come back. That's not necessarily the case. When they bailed out Bear Stearns, the stock was 30 and then they bailed it out at two bucks. So, I mean, these things can happen. Um, don't be surprised if this really starts to get ugly and we have a prolonged shutdown that UAL and some of these airlines and some of these stocks that are really going to hit the cruise lines could be much, much lower. So those are no touches for me. All that stuff's no touches. If you absolutely have to get in stocks, look at the balance sheets, look at the stocks that have stronger balance sheets, stocks that can be sustained stocks and companies that can handle an economic pause of two to three months or maybe longer. We don't know how long it's going to happen, but I think that's where we're going. We're going towards this economic pause. 
Um, debt to equity ratio is is one I, is one I've been looking at. Classic uh, valuation. Um, yeah. Just going back to it, and you know this, you know maybe in the next couple of days, I've been so busy, you know we're trading stocks nonstop here. I haven't been able to sit down there and compile a list here yet. But there is going to be just off the top of my head, like I said, Apple, Google. Um, Amazon would probably do fine here. Microsoft would probably be, be fine here. These are Berkshire. companies, we just come, companies those, with those a lot of are cash. the companies like Microsoft. It's probably, when you, if you bought it here at 135 and you look at it five years from now, you're probably happy it did. So if you need that money next week, absolutely not. If you need that money in 10 years, maybe a nibble here. So maybe you look at some of these opportunities because these are good companies that have a lot of cash that are going to survive an economic pause. Restaurants, smaller restaurant stocks, like I gave the example as of Dave and Buster's yesterday, I'm not sure they can survive. The market is saying no. It thinks it's $7. It was $11 when I said that yesterday. It's $7 here. You know, here it is. You know, the market um, has a decent rally yesterday. It doesn't participate in whatsoever. It did sell off at the end of the day, and then it leads the charge down. Some of these retailers are ground zeros. They were already in trouble before this stuff happened. Yeah. I mean, Macy's was in trouble yeah. well before. Now this is just this is a tipping point. You know, this is the icing on the cake that could bring a lot of these companies down. I'm not saying which ones are going to happen. I'm giving examples of ones that could happen. Cole, I think you got to add. I think you got to add. You know, you got to be a little cautious on the banks here. I think obviously. so too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think but you got to be cautious and, on the banks. And, and I think that you need. Um, I mean, oil, oil companies. I think well, you got to. And, be and these are there. these companies were in trouble. So look at all the companies that were in trouble before the coronavirus crisis started. Those are the companies that are really getting hit now. Because they were already teetering on having problems. So this is just now enough to push them over the edge. So retail, oil, bank, banks are a different story, but airlines, you know, obviously is a, but, but retail and oil, those two industries were already in a world of hurt. So now they're in even a more of a world of hurt. So that's all no touches for me too. So I would say do some classic analysis. Look at your balance sheet. Look at the strong ones. We gave you four names there, four names that I would be buying if I, if I was buying it. I'm not yet because I'm still trying to time it better. I think it's lower yet. But Microsoft, Amazon I like, Google I like, and Apple. I already own Apple. I already own Google. I did not sell one share of my Apple or Google because I believe in those companies. But there's also coronavirus plays out there too. You know, We can go to that playbook as well if you want. I mean, Netflix... You know, and then obviously you, know, you worry there's not, their productions are down and stuff. But if you think about it, they're saying, you know, everybody's sitting at home, quarantine. I don't think Netflix revenue is going to go down that much here. So Netflix is one that can actually hold up pretty well despite a lofty valuation. Okay. I would add Berkshire Hathaway to that yeah. list. Just oh, Warren's oodles, good to go. Yeah, oodles yeah. of cash, you know, you know it. Um, but again, remember, he's like a mutual fund. So look at his holdings. He owns some airlines. So right. his holdings, That's true. He's going to be fine. His individual holdings could take a hit. And this follows his individual holdings. So true. something, you know, like I don't know what his exposure is to Delta and all those. Delta, I, I don't want to own that stock right now. So if he's got a big chunk, you know, 3 4%, I, I'm not sure. You got to go look at what the individual holdings. We know he owns a big chunk of Apple. Is Apple's going to hold up well? But why not go to the individual stocks? And I would say I would just pick on, if I'm buying stocks here, I'm picking stocks that have very little debt. A lot of tech companies. I think you know, your NASDAQ is going to hold up better because there's a lot of tech companies. Some of the chips I'm interested in here too, they've been hit so hard. But so you got to watch some of the chips because some of those have some, pretty, uh, some debt as well. But remember Micron, I sold that last month when the thing got up there near the 60. It's back to where I bought it, or it's back to below where I bought it. It's $34. I mean, you're coming back down here to 30. Western Digital, same story. It's, it's, it's actually making a new low, which is incredible. This was $70 WDC three weeks ago. 
It's been a fit two for one split, thirty three bucks. I mean, hey Dennis, could you? Um, we're getting a question here. Uh, you know, not everyone understands the terms that we use on the show here, sure. and uh, it's kind of self explanatory. Could but you just talk about buybacks for just a, a minute? If you could talk about something. For well, you had a lot of banks doing buybacks and announcing buybacks um, because they had everyone to, was doing buybacks. They were all doing buybacks because they had an excess amount of cash. They're all a little bit scared now. They're all canceling their buybacks. We saw three of them uh, oh, last night. I think Comerica canceled. I believe who else it was RF. Maybe so wait, hold on. So wait, wait. Just to back up here, a buyback is when the company uses cash that it has to buy back its own stock. Okay. I believe their lot... stock is too cheap. Right. And they're and oh. they're. They're going to buy back shares and retire those shares. In essence, there's right. less shareholders out there now, which means earnings per share will go up because there's less shareholders. So there are, there are a fewer number of shares out in the open yep. market, and yep. the company owns a greater portion of their own shares. And they use the cash they have, or in some cases, maybe even use the cash that they borrowed to buy stock back. And a lot of companies who did that are now in this position where they just spent a lot of money on their own shares that are now worth a lot less than when they bought them for. Let's, so let's go to finance 101. There's three things a company can do with the money that they make. They can one, reinvest in the company and expand their businesses. Two, they can hand it out to shareholders and that would subdivide into uh, uh, either giving them a dividend, paying them directly, or buying back stock. That's really the three things. So you invest in your business and you expand your businesses, which we know Amazon has done for years or you give it back to shareholders in the forms of a buyback or a dividend. That's really the, 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 the most of it. Did I miss any? I'm just going from my head, but it's been a long no, time I, since I took finance 101. That's pretty much it. I'm pretty, that's pretty much it. So buybacks obviously increase your share price because there's less shares outstanding, which means your EPS is gonna go up. I mean, Apple, a lot of their earnings, their EPS beats have been driven by share buybacks because it's not so much that they're growing earnings so much, but they are decreasing the amount of stock that's out there so much. So, because they've done so many buybacks. So, a lot of those companies now are a little spooked. The banks are, are, are preparing themselves. They know that they've got some, probably some bad loans on the table. But not only that, they've got to prepare, you know, for the, the potential that there could be people who want to withdraw their money. So, because they're nervous. So, that's why they're obviously spending buybacks just to position themselves better. Uh, uh, yeah, better. the banks did. Uh, all the banks, I believe, um suspended uh and, and i said yesterday that there could be bank runs i'm still gonna say that kramer actually so i took a lot of heat everybody is uh, there was three or four people talking that that's nuts jim kramer said it on my money last night he said uh, he would he took it a step further and he said if the fed wouldn't have did what they did today that we would see bank runs and i don't know if i agree that i just said it's on the table so, so Jim Cramer agrees with me. He had the same opinion as, as I did. He said it on Mad Money last night. I mean, you look at these stocks, it's not rocket science. Wells Fargo is 55 bucks. It's 26, $27. I mean, it's not, you know, absurd to think that some people could be concerned that there might be some financial problems in some of these banks. Now, we've talked with European banks forever. Now they have, you know, a, a lot of their economy shut down. Spain's basically shut down. We've got France basically shut down. Now we know what's going on in Italy. It's basically shut down. If more countries continue to shut down, this is not good for the banks either. So, and not good for the companies that they lend money to. So you've seen Deutsche Bank go in the last month and a half from 11 to five. Credit Suisse from 14 to six. I mean, these are 60% down in a month. So it's telling you that there is concerns that there, the share, that the market is telling us that there is concerns that some of these banks could have problems here again. 
Uh, questions here. Can we look at the Russell, the IWM? Yeah, wait, wait, real quick before you do that. I just want to, and I wouldn't normally say this, but we are going to, we have a number at, at 8.30. We have U.S. retail sales for February. Spencer, that's old news, buddy. That's like, it doesn't mean jack. Well. No, it I, doesn't. Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, I, we're not at the point yet. I don't, you know, we're, we're, we're getting, what month are we getting for? U.S. retail sales. And here's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, what month is it covering? Fe February. And here's what February. I would say. If the numbers are weak, or if they're, if they're already weak from February, scary. then watch out. So we're expected to rise 0.1%. March is going to implode. We right, have I know a little that. bit of worries at the end of February, though, so it could already show some weakness. You're right, Spencer, because we have about saying, a week or two. I, I, I'm, I'm saying if they beat the number, who cares? You're right, Joel. If they miss the number, maybe it watch out. It could be out. concerning. Yeah. So, so 8.30. All right. Well, I'm going to cancel all my orders. Thank you. <laughs> this is what you do when you're unsure. You don't have orders sitting out there, so you get picked off by high-frequency traders. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we'll so we'll a... see. I think you're going to see crickets too, uh, but we'll see if we get some movement okay. here in two minutes. One minute. One minute. Okay. Uh, one minute here. Uh, the, as the market is uh, kind of finding its footing here, <clears throat> mid-range on the session, 24.34.50. Uh, we just, where did we just get to? We just got by that level a little bit ago, didn't hold. So let's call some important levels, 20, 24, 35. And then even though we sliced and diced through uh, 24, 56 a lot yesterday, um, it's an important level. Actually, the 15-minute uh, chart is telling you three consecutive highs at like, just under 2438. So that's pretty darn close to my number. So let's clear 2438. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on the downside here, man, I mean, we've gone red several times. <coughs> clear your throat, Joel. <coughs> we've we're, gone... we're not seeing any movement here on this number. Uh, not like like zero. It's it's complete crickets here. So I haven't seen the number cross yet. Did you get the number? Uh, yeah, down 0.5%. So that's not great. What we where were we projected? Uh, I saw we were projected. Let me pull it up here. Oh, it's I saw expectations. Here, I saw a point one percent projection. Uh, and, and so and I'm seeing slightly. I'm sorry. So the market is leaking here a little bit on that number. Yeah. So Spencer, we are leaking here a little bit on your number. Um, we're down about five points since that number came out. So retail sales, yes. Uh, we're down 0.5% estimates were to be up 0.1%. We know next month it's going to implode because there's a lot less people doing shopping in March here. And obviously the months after that, it's going to continue to be down because everything's going to be closed. So um, again, we're just going to say, you know, if you're looking into buying these dips, um, there is opportunity out there, but I would pick on the companies and buy the companies that have stronger balance sheets at this time. How about Regeneron? Let's go over Regeneron. Oh yeah, good story here. Let's go. Yeah, we haven't actually gotten to this one yet. I'm surprised. So Regeneron gave an update overnight uh, on their, uh, I guess you can call it their, their vaccine program. And, and here's what they said. They said that they made an, quote, important advances in their coronavirus antibody program. They plan to initiate large-scale manufacturing by mid-April with an antibody cocktail therapy. And there was the potential that they could enter human clinical trials by the summer. This is from a PR about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. 
Regeneron was just, I hadn't even made a trade in the pre-market when that came out because as soon as that headline broke from Benzinga Pro, I went over and I tried to buy it, but there was nothing up until 475. I actually tried to bid 460, but no dice. There was no takers on there. And then it went to 475 and 480 and over 500. So I could have lifted 475, but I didn't want to pay up 35 is, points. They don't hit bids when something's going on. Yeah, but it, here's, here's the deal. Some, it, and if you just lift a 35-point offer, you might be paying up too much. So it's like, what yeah, is that worth? At yeah. that point, I'm like, I'm not comfortable enough to pay up 35 points for it. Whew. So I was like, I'll pay up 20. Somebody want 20 points? You know, maybe somebody says, I don't think it's worth 20, and they hit me. I thought it was worth more than 20. Obviously, right now it's worth 47. So, you know, it would have been, in hindsight, capital's 2020. Uh, it would have been worth 12 points if I would have lifted the 475, but I didn't have the nerve to do it because I hadn't even made a trade yet at that point in time. So, yeah, I'm getting a, a question nice here to, um, uh, to look at uh, Eli Lilly and – I think I think this puppy's holding up pretty well. Again, I mean, they have trials going too, do they not, yeah. Spencer? All these yeah. all these biotech stocks that are cooking on COVID um, are holding up very well because everybody's kind of saying, first of all, drug companies are not at ground zero for this. People are going to take their drugs no matter what. The pharmacies aren't closing. It's not like you're going to not get your pills. I mean, you know, some of it comes from China, yes. So, you know, there is a delay on some stuff. I know on my glaucoma drops, I was having trouble getting them because like, was, they were coming from China and they had to give me a generic version. But for the most part here, drug companies are not ground zero for this. These are the companies that probably are going to hold up better. And especially the biotech ones, like I said, Gilead, potentially Lilly. I know it's a pharmaceutical, uh, but not a biotech. But it, it, I believe that they are still working on something there too. And Regeneron, these are companies that are holding up well because they are potential COVID plays as well. So these are stocks that I actually don't mind. I've said Gilead multiple times. I don't mind it down here. Wow, what a wicked candle yesterday on that thing. But I don't mind it in the mid-60s because they have the wild card that maybe, you know, it's their drug right now that's the only one that's even helping with, you know, helping to not cure this, but to help with the symptoms. So uh, these, the, the, these are, I don't mind these stocks on pullbacks. Um, also, uh, I'm just going to call you Lack because I can't pronounce that name. Um, it's also important to look at things on a relative basis, right? And this stock uh, hit a bottom in February at 121.51, right, where we started getting some chaos, and we haven't we haven't really come close to that low yet, 125.93. So on a relative basis, of course, if the whole market goes completely then it's going to go too. But the stock is holding up well on a relative basis. I think one part, like when we rebuild this economy and, you know, um, our healthcare system and everything, I think we are going to, I think we're going to start making a lot more of our, our drugs and um, our medications here in the United States. I, I, I think, think it's an eye opener. I yeah. think it's a good yep. point, Joel, because like I said, I went in and, um, you know, I went to, to, the, to get my glaucoma drops. I have to drop those in my eye every month. Uh, for my eye pressure and they're like no those are they called all the shoppers drug mart is what we have in canada it's, some, it's like cvs or walgreens and they called them all and they're like no nobody has that right now and then i was like why and they're like well it's just uh, uh, we're, we're all on back order and then i put it together i was like oh those come from china so i'm like you know they, that's why you're seeing i actually was able to get them at some like a no-name pharmacy a smaller one that obviously everybody hadn't exhausted yet but I mean, that's, you know, a concern is if you get medication that you can't get a, a generic for or another drug for to help with. And those, all those pills come from China. And we saw what happens if China goes off the grid, not making it, that that's a concern. So there's a good point you're making there that I think we need to think about that going forward. 
All right, I want to bring on – oh, Joel, you want to have a comment oh, before we go? I was going to say, if you guys have a – you know, when we're talking to Michelle, if you guys have an issue or two or something, I haven't really been looking at the individual I have. Stars. I have. I've been writing them down. So You've been writing we'll, them down. We'll, okay. Yeah, we'll cover that after Let's go Michelle. with Michelle. I want to bring Michelle Krebs on right now. She's executive analyst at Cox Automotive. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today, Michelle. Uh, I want to ask about – start with the, the timing of all of this madness, right? The fact that we are in March versus, uh, you know, a, a different season. How is the timing of this impacting the, the auto industry right now? Well, March is one of the top three months for sales volume. Uh, the others are spring as well. So, uh, you know, the spring selling season is really important to the auto industry. Uh, so, you know, timing wise, eh, could have been better. Um, we did see really strong sales through the beginning uh, days of March. Uh, we're waiting to see how the, the the month actually turns out. And, I mean, obviously, you, your prior estimates can kind of be thrown out the window here. And, totally. Uh, <laughs> totally. And you, there's no, really no way to to give estimates now, but best, best you can tell, I mean, what are going to be the implications here? Well, it totally depends. Uh, so our initial January forecast uh, for 2020 was 16.6 million. That is no longer achievable. Um, we're we're putting together some different scenarios based on how how well we contain this uh, re reaction, what it does to the overall economy. Um, we do think the impact uh, will be an immediate downturn. We'll see uh, new vehicle sales fall over the next few months, but we do think they could recover later in the year. So initially, uh, sales will definitely fall below that 16 million seasonal, seasonally adjusted rate. Now, if a downturn, uh, if it worsens and we're in a full-blown recession, we could see new vehicle sales uh, fall to about 14 million or even less for the full year. And what about for specific automakers? I mean, I'm looking at Ford and GM here, and obviously the stocks are battered as you would expect, but uh, what, what can you expect, if anything, out of those two? Uh, it's too early to say. Too early, um, yeah. Yeah, and we don't see – the other thing is we don't see – you know, they, they don't report sales on a monthly basis anymore, so they only do it on yeah. a quarterly basis. Um, we are trying to dig into our own data to kind of see how sales are going on a daily, weekly basis. But um, certainly they'll, they'll, they'll be hit just like everybody else will. I mean, I think the fortunate thing is they have kept factories running, and we had anticipated maybe some uh, disruptions of production due to part shortages from China, South Korea, other places. Um, that has not happened yet, but it's, it still could. Uh, Joel, did you have something you wanted to jump in? Joel's on mute. No, okay. Yeah. Joel's on mute. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The old mute trick. I've got to <laughs> do it at least once. Uh, Michelle, you've been around uh, a while like I have here. Can you draw? <laughs> no. That's a nice uh, way to put it. Yeah, yeah, but you're much prettier and much younger. <laughs> um, let. Uh, can you draw any parallels here? Uh, nine, you know, obviously, depression. We both went around uh, 9 11. No, I wasn't for that. Okay, 9 11, uh, you know, the disruption. Can you draw any parallels from those events to apply? I mean, this is a much different problem, obviously. Very than, different. Yeah, the financial crisis. Right, very different. I mean, um, although I would say, well, 9 11, you know, it happened and then, you know, the markets closed and then we had. 
uh, we came out of that and uh, we're actually, and then the Great Recession, we didn't know how long that would last either. So uh, we're kind of in that same boat with the virus. We don't know how long this will last. But it's interesting to watch what the automakers are doing. We're starting to see them dust off some of their efforts from uh, the Great Recession and 9-11. General Motors yesterday announced um, 0% financing for 84 months with 120-day deferred uh, first payment. Um, That's kind of reminded me of Keep America – what was it – Get America Rolling or whatever the campaign was right after 9-11. Uh, Hyundai has resurrected the Hyundai Assurance so that you, uh, if you lose your job, um, they'll cover your payments for a bit. Uh, Ford announced that, you know, call Ford Credit if you have a loan and you're struggling. Um, and uh, they have some we're, – we're going to see more and more incentive kind of programs. I think the question is, will they, they work right now where we are? Because typically we've seen these as we've come out of these episodes. Uh, Michelle, I got to ask, uh, how well capitalized are these companies? Uh, you're speaking out of my school. That's yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, that okay. is not my my. <laughs> okay. I only know consumer behavior, sales trends, and that kind of thing. So, and and that brings up an interesting point. Is you know we've been talking about well, let the vi- the virus could go away tomorrow. And it doesn't mean that people are going to go back to spending the money the way they were, right? So well, I think that's the, that is the question. Um, you know, we we may see when this is over that there is a bunch of pent-up demand to get out and go on vacation and buy things again. Um, but we don't know. It's it's you know we did see start uh, demand was starting to dip a little bit. Obviously, the, the highest level of vehicle sales ever was in 2016, and we've been inching down a little bit. Um, so it, it's hard to say. I will say this, though. It's interesting. Used car sales are really strong. Now, they typically are this time of year uh, because of tax refunds coming back. People use those for uh, that, and that seems to be continuing this week. Um, so that's that's a bright spot in the economy. Is that is what you just said, is that the best-case scenario here, that there is this pent-up demand that when this is all over? Uh, is that the best case scenario for for the situation for the automakers? Um, I I don't know if I'd call it a best case scenario, but it's certainly something that's possible, and we've seen that before. I mean, if you looked at coming out of the Great Recession, uh, there was a lot of pent up demand. Used car prices were at record highs. Uh, we weren't producing a lot of new vehicles yet to get it rolling, but um, you know we hit our highest level of sales. Uh, it kept going up and up and up till 2016 when it hit a record. And then uh, cheaper oil, obviously great for the consumer, but what are the impacts on the automakers uh, when it comes to the price of oil? Uh, Well, you know, it's cheaper for them to operate their business. Uh, You know, I guess, you know, we've got cheaper oil, but uh, is (laughs) where are we going? Um, We're not going anywhere. Um, Yeah, and some people have asked, you know, what's the impact on EV sales? Because, of course, there are a lot of EVs being uh, made this year. Uh, you know, I, I think the consumer is so used to fluctuating um, gas prices, they don't make decisions based on that. If they want an electric car, they're going to buy an electric car for many reasons. Um, but I don't think it, it, there's a trade-off between the two necessarily. Is there any automaker that, that you think, based on uh, their, their sales trends, uh, are, are, are in the pole position right now or maybe best position to, to uh, survive a 
you know, what could be an economic pause or a, you know, a secular downtrend or, or whatever? Well, you know, I think it's, I don't know if I'd pick one. It's those who are well-resourced, you know, Toyota's got deep pockets. They, uh, and they are always pretty strong. Um, ones that have, uh, come out of China. Well, because, you know, China's the first hit we got and, um, uh, you know, if they if they can come out of that well and demand bills there, that can help those like GM and Volkswagen who do business there. They're not yeah. there yet. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, and have you been watching China at all? Like, is is that part of your coverage? And like, I'm curious. Uh, you know, uh, I don't study it real closely, but you have okay. to watch it to see yeah. kind of how the trend goes. Um, they are starting to get factories going again. It's uh, far slower than. Uh, people had anticipated and then i think the, the question everybody's asking there is is the demand there even when they get the supply going right and the fact that china is a, is a few months ahead of us on this timeline would seem to give us some guidance at least as to how right and I, I think we should look at south korea which is coming out of it and you know yeah. then of course italy has the whole industry has been shut down pretty much yeah. so you know next yeah. to watch is europe and then then us and see Different measures were taken in different places, so let's see how it goes. All right. Well, Michelle Krebs, you certainly aren't in for a boring 2020, that's for sure. Never is. Silver, silver <laughs> lining to the list. Michelle Krebs is executive analyst at Cox Automotive. Michelle, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. All right. All right, uh, 8.45 here, uh, guys. I've been uh, keeping track of the stocks best I can in the chats. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, we talked about Regeneron, uh, I did want to mention, uh, actually, we talked about uh, a potential bailout in the airlines. Uh, they had the Airlines for America, which is a group that represents Delta, United, and Southwest, and American, had asked uh, for some money yesterday. I they think, asked, you know, I think that's kind of selfish. I think it's just so quick. I'm I think, shocked yeah, that they need money yeah, a, a month. Yeah. In, it's a, we're a month into this. You know, really, yeah. their sales have probably only started dropping the last few weeks, and they already you need a bailout. This isn't like you know yeah. we've been in this I'm for months you. and months. I'm shocked I'm that you. that quickly they need money. So unless they're just projecting, but I, I was seeing you know they're already drawing it down. I mean, you look at Spirit Air. Look at the stock chart. I mean, it's not it's not surprising in the stock charts, but I can't believe the companies are already out out of cash. They didn't save much for a rainy well, day. Probably not out of cash. They just don't want to. It doesn't sound cash. good. I saw <laughs> what was yesterday with Southwest. They said they've drawn their credit line all the way down. I mean, sounds like they're running out of cash. It's very, very, very scary that this wow. quickly. And Spirit, Southwest Spirit's is one of the best 11, ones. Spirit's eleven dollars. Holy moly! Oh no! That, if, you, if if we get through this thing. And they don't need bailouts, and we don't dilute shareholders to help these companies out. I mean, there is an opportunity here, but I'm just scared that they're going to dilute the hell out of the shareholders, like a, like Citigroup style, um, and, and, the, and if they do need a bailout. And if they're already asking for cash, it sounds like they need it, so it's hard to buy them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right. I feel bad for the shareholders, but you know what? I mean, this was the, the writing was on the wall for a month and a half here on airlines and cruise lines. We've been talking about since January. Okay, uh, I've been writing down tickers in the chat, so let's get to a couple of them. Somebody Before asked we go, I just want to make one more point, and then we're going to do yeah. extra time for the last 10 minutes. But I want to bring up the charts of these uh, two stocks here, Tiffany's, TIF, and LOGM. And this is when you know the market is scared. This is how you can tell. These are cash deals that are on the table. Tiffany's, LOGM, they're cash deals. 
stocks were just trading happily, you know, January, February, just below, you know, the, the time value of money, really. Not a lot of risk to these deals not getting done. And all of a sudden, the risk arbs are like, no, thank you, because there is potential that these deals either, you know, maybe the acquirer bails out because obviously the economy has changed significantly, or maybe, you know, there's, you know, not going to get the financing that they thought that they could get. So that's why you're starting to see stocks like Tiffany's, which has a cash deal on the table, I think up at like 135, imploding. I mean, if the deal goes through, the stock's worth 135. But the risk arms are saying there's a good chance that this might not go through now. Think about that if you own CY. CY, we already saw, you know, that merger might not go through. Then it's popped back up. And yes, it's close to being a done deal. But at the same time, if... Uh, if this <clears throat> we've always, you know what, Dennis, we have risk all, reward. we've always talked about this on the show about when these deals, well, well, a lot of times when they're first announced, yeah, and then they hit these outrageous prices. Now, sometimes there is, uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, a bidding war in some instances. So then you're wrong when you know it goes higher and higher. But I mean, for years we've been saying, man, when these a lot of times when these deals are announced and look, I mean, look at all the, you know, pain that you went through. What was the one? I can't. There's risk when you're buying these and just going for that last. That's why the risk arms leave it up to the risk arms. I'm talking about selling it, like the CY. Like there's no doubt, you know, whatever you're holding out here for, like the you're holding out for the last buck and a half. What's the cash takeout on CY, Spencer? See why? Uh, well, the high is twenty three fifty five. Well, we know so the high, but what's the cash take somewhere on somewhere around twenty four dollars? I can. I'll, I'd imagine twenty four bucks. I don't have it in front of me, but I imagine it's close to being twenty four dollars. Man, if you if you sat through the run up, you know the thing, and then you saw it come all the way back down. Twenty three eighty five. Yeah. And so that's your to... upside. If you're buying this at twenty two, your upside's twenty three eighty five. That the deal goes through. Deal doesn't go through for whatever reason, and you know it's high likely it's going to go through. But if it doesn't. And if Ineon's the one that's acquiring them, if it doesn't, you can see this thing back down at twelve bucks. I mean, the other way to look at this, the other way to look at this is these are the stocks that will V bottom. These will V bottom. When we get through this, they will go back up immediately. Yeah, yeah, if the deal goes through, if the deal doesn't go through, these implode. So I wouldn't say you know Tiffany's is just a free twenty bucks here. It's a free twenty bucks if the deal goes through. If this starts to get ugly and they pull that deal, where's Tiffany's? Right now, without that deal on the table, you think about how much retail has imploded. You could make an argument Tiffany could be 50 or 60 bucks without this deal. You could argue that because retail is in so much trouble since this deal has been announced. So, I mean, on 115, the risk arms are saying, no, thank you. And they're now pricing in risk. They weren't pricing in any risk a month and a half ago to this deal not getting done. In all likelihood, it still gets done. But the risk arms are spooked. And I'm just giving this as, as an example. This is when you know that the market is nervous when the risk arms are throwing in the towel on cash deals. That there was nothing even announced on Tiffany's. Like, oh, we, you know, this is just people are scared now. So I, I didn't see anything come out that, oh, Tiffany's deal is in jeopardy. This is purely that they might not get financing, maybe. You know, risk arms are speculating that something could happen here. Maybe the acquirer pulls out because the, the circumstances have changed. Scary situation. So when you start to see this happen. So for CY, yeah, I would not buy that at $22 with a $1.85 risk. I was talking about selling it. If you I would too. Yeah. I would sell that. 20, it's 22 better. I would sell that. If I was in that thing, I would sell it. If, it's to go, if it, it gets taken out $23.85, you know, then you, you miss on your last buck eighty-five. But I'd ring the register on that thing very, very quickly if I was in it. All right. Somebody in the chat, asked, I forget who, sorry, asked about Kroger a while back. The stock actually had a good day yesterday, was was among the uh, 
the crew of consumer staple the, stocks. The food stocks did. Yeah, that, that, that all did the food well. stocks have held up well. You know what? They're so, not going to close. They're not closing Kroger. I don't think they're going to close the grocery stores. So these are, and people still have to eat. And they're getting a good lift here because everybody's going and stocking up right now. So you know, think about like your Kroger's and they're your They're going to have a good quarter. Your canned food makers, they're going to be fine. I don't know if it's going to be a, yeah, they are going to have a good quarter. And they're going to be okay afterwards too because people aren't going to stop with canned goods. Campbell's Soup, holding up well. Well, you think, I got, a, I got my bookshelf full of Campbell's Soup right now because our pantry was so full we had to take yeah the books but the book then that, you know what that means is you're never going to buy Campbell's i'm not soup buying again for a while but eventually <laughs> i will exhaust that in two months we've ate all our campbell soup i'm gonna go back to the grocery store and buy more canned what goods kind of, what flavor did you get i like tomato soup buy a bottle oh, okay. of the chicken noodle soup too what do yep. you what do you buy what do you like uh well i thought i was buying a variety pack but i get chicken noodle so i got like two like i don't even know how many cans come in that thing you're, and, you're long chicken noodles <laughs> i have long chicken noodles soup. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, quite a yeah quite a bit of that uh you know we haven't talked um you know that stuff's about, gonna hold up though yeah it is it is uh you know we haven't talked to tlt or, or bonds um as of late dennis um Lower interest rates, these bonds have just been, you know, a flight to safety here. Do you want Eventually to that will, you know, this flight to safety trade is going to be, it's really long in the tooth already. So they're just going to keep buying U.S. dollars, you know, forever and ever and ever. I mean, I look at the U.S. Canadian dollar exchange rate, it's a buck 40 here now too. Canada's going to, Canada's got an oil problem though. So maybe that affects that currency more than anything. But, you know, it's been flight to U.S., flight to cash, flight to U.S. dollars, flight into, you know, buy buy treasuries no matter what, sell everything else. Eventually, when this thing comes out, that trade will reverse very quickly. And like you said, th that trade will reverse faster than you think. And you know what? That trade could even start reversing even before we come out of this thing. So I'm not coming in here and buying TLT. I think, you know, cash is still king, but coming in here and, and sticking your money in, you know, long-term bonds here at 0.5%, I just think, you'd, I, why not just hold it for nothing? You're getting 0.5% and then you have, like you're looking at 10 years, 0.8% right now. It, you really need that 10-year of that bad? I mean, if you think it's going to zero, I guess you're buying it. That's speculation that rates are going negative. Maybe they are. So I guess you can still make some money there, but I, I don't know. I don't understand negative rates. I didn't learn that in school. <laughs> uh, can we talk about Grubhub here? Uh, talking about an economic pause uh, uh this is one company that that at least in theory uh would would survive an economic pause would not shut down i saw a headline yesterday that one of the, one of their competitors i think it was seamless was waiving uh their fees it's the only way people can order food uh you can't go to restaurants right now but you can still get delivery and it's the only way the only way to eat out right now so a company like grubhub uh which seems to be uh, immune from uh, a total economic pause. Uh, these are companies that are, are, are yeah. probably, like you said, going to be okay here in the next little while. Again, I'm not 100% that, you know, don't, you know, grocery uh, yeah. stores are going to stay open. Pharmacies are going to stay open. But at a certain point in time, yeah. their driver's safety is going to become a concern um, if it really starts to get ugly. So don't, you know, think that they just has to stay in business. We don't need Grubhub to survive. We do need groceries, though, and you know, at a certain point, you might just have to take the risk to go out and get your groceries. But I think um, the delivery drivers, like even with Amazon, at a certain point, you know, FedEx drivers, UPS drivers would not like the risk because think about the risk that those guys are taking. Like we know, you know Joel, Joel's wife, fantastic doctor, they're taking the most risk at all. But every driver that you know walks up to you know 150 houses a day, 
you're getting exposed to a lot of different people. So at a certain point, some of those drivers just might say, I don't like the risk. And, you know, you, you might see some of those businesses not shut down, but slow down. So and deliveries are just going to take longer to get there. I mean, at a certain point, if we get to that point. Uh, just a quick note on that. Um, they're, they're going to virtual medicine uh, starting today. They spent a lot of time yesterday uh, getting set up and, uh, you know, that's what they're doing. Because, you know, having people in the office, you know, for other things and being exposed to other people. So I don't know how TDOC is doing, but uh, I see it up 323. But uh, they're starting to implement uh, those procedures. And I see, and we've also been discussing uh, a lot of other things they're going to be changing in the medical profession. And as I, you know, I said yesterday, your doctors, your nurses, your grocery store clerks, your truck drivers that are moving this stuff. Those are yeah. the important people in society now, not your, uh, you know, not your multi, multi-million, you know, these sports that, I mean, sports has changed forever. I mean, I don't even want to go into a rant on that. I mean, I got to renew it for my Michigan football tickets. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I want to do with this. Joel, Joel, we actually just got some sports news. <laughs> Uh, some some big sports news. Tom Brady announced that he's leaving the Patriots. What? So, like he's uh, yeah. He's a free agent, so he'll he's leave leaving. The, he's leaving the Patriots because he's leaving the Patriots. He's going to retire. So, I mean, uh, no, that's not what he I, said. He's, Tom Brady now. He's like he's like forty three. He said his uh, football career will quote take place elsewhere. So he's going to continue. He just wants a change of venue. That's what what a time to be alive. Okay. Economic pauses. Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots. What's gonna happen uh, next? What is gonna he, happen? I next? mean I don't know. I mean, I think the way Tom's looking at it is, you know, that's an easy way to bow out and think that there might not be an NFL season next year. I mean, you gotta look at reality here. Uh, college football or NFL football. That's scary. It's a long yeah. ways away. Yeah. The NFL sitting pretty. Kind of. They, they, this happened at the perfect time. I wouldn't time call it the, sitting pretty. but the, the, I, be, Compared to the other sports, yes. though, this happened at the perfect time for them, right after this, you know, the Super Bowl, really. I mean, as the end of their season and this started. So it couldn't have happened at a better time for the NFL. Because NHL and NBA are like, this is the worst possible time. We're getting right gearing up for the playoffs. Major League Baseball season just getting started. They could do a, you know, there's not too many baseball games anyways, 162. They could do, you know, if we get past this thing in the summer, they could do an 81-game season or something, have a normal season, you know, with these other sports. Too many baseball games. I'm a Tigers fan. I just, there's baseball game every night. It's too many. So, uh, yeah, I lost interest in baseball. It's too many. All right. It's too uh, many games. If yeah, I can bring it back to here, uh, I just want a couple to... Two stocks. Yeah, 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 Dennis, yeah. Dennis, you yelled at me yesterday when I met <laughs> I you. I was yelling at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I have a couple more. I, I want to that, – that the chat mentioned Rite Aid. We haven't talked Rite Aid yet, uh, really, for the past couple of yeah. weeks. They're going to stay open. Like the WBA and CVS, I don't think they're going to shut those down. CVS got whacked yesterday. Did you see that thing? Was there a – it, it was on, it, Kramer featured it last night, a little bit of a COVID play, and it's, it's been up here pretty good this morning because he was saying that they could get these uh, uh, testing done at the CBSs. We got so, a little rally. We go out, we're rallying. What's, what you do over there, Spencer? We're rallying. We we're back over that, uh, you know, at the pause that we had before the I number. like your inside day. I think, I think Joel's right. <laughs> I think we're going to have an inside day. I'm praying we're going to have an inside day. I'm not praying. I, I would go I pray, but, but uh, my synagogue's not open. It's not open. 
No, it's, there's nowhere it, to go. There's, there's not a lot that's uh, open here right now. Yeah. No, uh, Dennis, um, you yelled at me when I mentioned BNTX and uh, their work. It's now up another 22 sticks at 61.85. They're working on it. Yeah. Well, where was it right. yesterday? No, wait, though. Where was it yesterday when we were looking at it? Because we can say it's up another 22 sticks, but it, was it gave in the most 40s. of it 40s. It was the 40s. It was higher because you said it was up over 60%, and it was closed the previous day at 30. So that would have made it was over 50 yesterday. Yeah, so, and now it's at 62. So it's went up more, but it's not 22 sticks from when, you ta- when we were bringing it up. I, think I, I thought it was around 40. No, because you said – okay, I remember you saying, here's a stock that's up 60%. So if we do 60%, up thirty dollars. It means it was around. Uh, what's my error? You're good at this error math, Joel. I think forty-seven, forty-eight. So you're right. It is up more. So maybe yeah. we should talk about these stocks. Maybe I shouldn't talk over you so much. People can make some money. <laughs> no, they're working <laughs> at. They're working. It's a biotech play with Pfizer. Yeah. Again, yeah. these COVID plays. The air comes out of them very quickly, though. So you got to be careful. These are a hot potato. Don't. Yep. You know, these things can go like crazy. We've seen. You know, even the even the. You know, obviously the lake and the APTs early on. The, the wind is out completely out of those stock sales, although a lot, some of them are starting to move a little bit again. I did say there was a few, uh, right, I said off the, uh, off the hop, a couple of plays. Zoom video starting to show a little bit of life again uh, from COVID. Had a decent day yesterday. Netflix, um, I would not be surprised if it starts to hold up. You know what else I think could hold up and had a good day yesterday? Peloton. Because gyms yeah, are closing yeah. now. Talked about this, yeah. Gyms yep. are closing now. I think on. I think people could start viewing this as a. So this is a COVID play here too. It's up again here this morning. I thought. I thought of this one was like twenty. I think I even mentioned on the show, and I thought of it was like twenty three or twenty four, and I was like, this could be. It. But it kept leaking after that. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, I was like, I, I was like a week early on it. So, <laughs> I, I think this is a potential COVID play too, though. Now that gyms are closing, you could see Peloton. Okay. All right, Spencer, you want to wrap things up here on this, uh, hopefully sure. around Tuesday. And Dennis, just, uh, for your, this is why I love our chat. Uh, Dennis, uh, stock rocket in the YouTube chat just said that Doug Ford has declared a state of emergency for Ontario, just so you know. So Doug Ford is um, dead. Oh, thanks yeah. Doug Ford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're in a state of emergency along with the rest of us here now. I want to say happy th- St. Patrick's Day to yes. everyone. Happy St. Patrick's are, Day. Drink your green beers with your family in the safety of your own home. That is my rec. Oh, fi- I, I know, don't give recommendations, but that's my official recommendation for you yep. on this personal level is to drink your green beers at home with your family and enjoy St. Patrick's Day. And yep. uh, Skype, with a, Skype or Zoom video with a friend. Um. This is from Renee in the YouTube chat, and she puts not sure of the accuracy and credibility, but uh, Indian doctors cure Italian COVID-19 patient with swine flu drugs, Lopa, Navir, and Rena. I'm terrible. Rena, you're seeing Lopa. this. Yeah, you're you seeing You just this don't know if that's true. You just yeah. don't know if that's you're true. You're seeing these headlines pop see. up all over the place, different cures, different things that yeah. help it. I mean, you're going to continue to see this, and obviously there's some companies that want to sell their own, you know, Medicare, they sell their own stuff. Like I've heard zinc can work. I mean, we've heard lots of different things. There's been no official cure for this. There's stuff that maybe helps symptoms. And, you know, think about normal cold medicines, probably cold and flu medicines are going to help the symptoms of this. So it's a matter of whether it gets into your lungs and starts causing respiratory problems. That's when you got to seek help. 
All right, that'll be it for our show. Thanks to our guest, Michelle Krebs. Thanks to everyone in our chat, both on YouTube and on premarket.benzinga.com. You can always catch a replay of our show on YouTube or catch the podcast version on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or tune in. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Uh, Spencer, I'm sorry, but... You want to do a 340 again today? Yes, I was going to mention that. Uh, yesterday, Joel and I hopped on a 345 and talked uh, talked our way into the into the close. We'll be doing that again today. So at around 340, 345, Joel and I will, will be coming on. Let's go 340, and I got, um, got Anne-Marie Band coming on at Okay, excellent. We've got guests. Excellent. I love this close. Excellent. Show. So pre-market That's prep. a busy time for me, so I don't know if I'll I understand. that one, Yeah, but. don't worry about that. Pre-market no prep. I'd love People to have enough close. of you in an hour. Yeah, I know. I, I talk too much like, anyways. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So pre-market <laughs> prep at the close today at 345 or three, at 340, I should say, with the Anne-Marie Band. Thanks to everyone who joined us today. Have a great rest of your day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.